1: So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED.
0: So Uber is expected to go public this week, and some drivers are planning to strike Wednesday. They want higher wages, They want benefits. They want a better quality of life. But this kind of fight for job security has been happening in Silicon Valley for decades. Lots of tech workers in Silicon Valley don't have employee status and the benefits that go with that title. They aren't just the drivers or gig workers we often hear about. These are engineers and programmers that help make all the tech stuff we use. And they're often people of color.
2: They were having anxiety attacks during their first couple of weeks and trying to figure out, am I the only one who feels like this? Like, why is no one else talking to me?
0: Today, how Silicon Valley's practice of using contractors has created a shadow workforce. I'm Devon Katayama. Welcome to the Bay.
3: The tech industry is at the forefront of the contracting model. A lot of the things that you're seeing other industries doing, they learn from watching the tech industry.
0: Sam Harnett covers tech culture in Silicon Valley for KQED. He's been reporting on the way tech companies use contract workers like developers and programmers to run their business and these people aren't considered employees.
3: So yeah, I talked to this one worker who's at a name brand tech company. He doesn't want to say where because he's worried about losing his job. He's got a family overseas. My son recognizes me, he still knows me as dad, but um, most of the times I can't be there for him physically and he's been working contract to contract at tech companies with the idea that when he finally gets employee status, which means higher wages, benefits, stability, you know, he can't just be fired uh, uh, from one day to the next. When he gets that stability, that's when he's gonna bring his family over. But it's been four years and he's still been stuck as a contractor.
1: In terms of contracting, I think it makes people feel like second-class citizens.
3: I mean, we have in our mind that like, oh, you get a job at a tech company and they got high salaries and perks right, yeah. and the ping pong tables and the free lunch. <laughs> right. That's what you know. That's what yeah. comes to mind. But really, uh, if you look at the structure of these companies, there are the executives and the investors and the venture capitalists who often do very well. Right. Then there's a select number of employees who get high uh, salaries and good good benefit packages and stuff. And then below that, there are all the white collar contractors. And the blue-collar contractors, and then even below that, there's all the work that's outsourced overseas. So there's many, many people at all these tech companies who are not sharing in all the benefits uh, that we associate with being a tech worker.
0: How many contract workers are there? Like, what that, are we dealing with?
3: It's hard to get a real number. Like, there there is no stat out there that says these are the numbers of people doing contract work at all these companies. Um, but I talked to someone who's been in the industry for a long time. He runs a site called On Contracting, and he said. There are hundreds of thousands of contractors working in the tech industry.
0: How do we even get to this system where they're relying on so many people to do this kind of contracting work? I mean, this almost seems like it's built into the foundation of Silicon Valley itself.
3: Absolutely. Now, what's interesting is if you look at the contracting model, which America has been moving towards contracting since the 70s. Why?
0: Why is that?
3: So basically labor unions, when uh, when they lost their power, companies have been shifting more and more of the workforce to contractors. The tech industry, first of all, these companies are new, right? They don't have established unions who are going to fight and say, hey, no, you got to make this worker an employee. So they're basically starting at like the latest edge of our capitalist model. Microsoft really set the stage back in the late 80s and early 90s. Microsoft started really moving hard to the contracting model. And then there was actually a huge lawsuit over, quote unquote, perma temping It dragged on for years and eventually Microsoft settled. The models that Microsoft started—teams of contractors that can be brought on really quickly, let go really quickly, and are very cheap—other tech companies saw what had happened, saw how Microsoft ran afoul of labor law, and they they made slight changes to how they do it. Now tech companies require that the contractor short-term, so they go to the staffing agency and they say, "Hey, we need a, a programmer or a data analyst, but only for six months, and then they got to move on to some other company." So now there's this whole system where they kind of move contractors from team to team and company to company, so they never feel like employees, and then they also require that the staffing agencies provide some kind of benefit package, so the worker feels like an employee of the staffing agency and not of the tech company.
0: So I know some contract workers are people who we interact with, like call service representatives, but they're also people who are behind the scenes, working on apps, and the technology that we use.
3: What I was really looking at was white collar contractors. There's this huge body of workers who are actually doing things that you would assume would be full-time work, programming, data analysis, uh, doing like language processing, really kind of high-tech white collar work and who are still contractors who still are only working 6 months to a year in a contract. They don't get the the healthcare benefits that the Google and Facebook employees get and they get way less in wages.
0: So why are these companies using contract workers to do this kind of white collar contract work?
3: I would say there are three main reasons. First thing, a contractor is cheaper than an employee, straight up. You don't have to give the same kind of uh, vacation benefits and retirement package that you give to your employees, your prized programmers, so you save a lot of money. They're also on short-term contracts, which means it's easier to let them go, to fire them. So it's quote-unquote flexible, but from the worker's perspective, it means they can just be let go. And thirdly, uh, investors like to see a low employee headcount. If you have a high employee headcount, that means you have all these workers that you're responsible to. They're hard to get rid of. Contractors are way cheaper than employees. And I talked to one worker. She was at Google, and she actually came from the uh, adjunct professor at an Ivy League university. And she said in academia and at Google, it was a similar thing where... You're in this institution that everyone thinks, wow, getting a job at at, uh, like a Harvard or a Yale or a Google or a Facebook is great. But really, a lot of the workers there uh, don't share in all the benefits. It feels like I'm at the kids table.
1: I feel sort of, you know, embarrassed uh, going into work every day.
3: She spoke about being at these these tech companies where you see all this privilege all around you. There's all this money and wealth uh, and you're right there, but you don't get it.
1: We're right up like looking through the glass at people having like this sort of wondrous experience with it's just giving loads and loads of perks and benefits. And we're right there looking at it, but we just don't get any of it, even though we're effectively doing the same work.
0: Contract working isn't unique in the working world, but what's unique about the way Silicon Valley and the tech industry uses contract workers?
3: Two big things. First thing, there is so much money in tech. The second thing is that Contracting is never seen as a path to employment. So there's this huge firewall between contractors and employers. Uh, a lot of tech companies I talked to said it's they actually advise their managers not to talk to contractors about potentially becoming a full-time worker or what they could do to get a job at the company. They really keep that firewall. Why is that? Uh, I think, again, it has to do with legal issues. Okay. They don't want workers to feel like they're on some kind of path to employment. And then I'd, I'd add a third thing. I think in the tech industry, because... It is an industry that changes very quickly. You know, a company like Google might not even be around in 15 or 20 years. Probably not, but it probably (laughs) will be. But it really changes quickly. We need to be able to build a whole team to make our flying robots or make our new software that does X, Y, and Z. And then if it doesn't work, we need to shut it down. So I think there are business and industry pressure on these tech companies to move towards a contracting model.
0: What do we know about the people who are these kind of white collar contract workers? So if you look at the tech industry,
3: uh, you know, obviously it has a diversity problem. We've talked about that a lot, like a very small percentage of most of these companies are, are uh, people of color. Right. Um, those who are people of color are more often contractors. There was a study on Santa Clara County. It found that uh, 7% of the tech workers in the county were people of color who were employees. But then if you looked at contractors, if you looked at the white collar contractors, 27% were people of color. So when the tech companies were hiring people of color, they were giving them the contractor jobs. And then if you looked at blue collar contracting, this is, you know, janitors, cooks, bus drivers, the number of people of color hired was up above 50%.
2: The only people that I see that look like me are cleaning up.
3: I spoke with a woman who's at Jewel and Salesforce.
2: They're, you know, doing custodial services. They're at the front desk greeting people. They're not actually in the office doing work.
3: And she was talking about the racial disparity between contractors and employees. She said she's a contractor. She's Latina. And she said, when I look around all the other brown people, they're doing contract jobs. They're not doing employee jobs.
2: Most of the people I hang out with are contractors. And we happen to be the only underrepresented minorities um, on my team specifically.
3: And it kind of matched with the color of the badges. Most of these tech companies, the contractors have a different colored badge than oh, the employees, wow. right, which gets into a whole another thing. I talked to another worker he was sort of embarrassed he like hid his badge you'll be sitting at a meeting and you're the contractor and you've got your contractor badge and they have their employee badges you just sort of feel second-class hierarchy yeah definitely it's a two-tier system
2: you're treated like you're dumber like you're lesser than everyone else people talk to you um, like excuse me like (laughs) i have a college education i you know i went to this fantastic school and yet somehow you're still you're still talking to me like i don't understand what you're saying
0: I I can't even imagine what it's like to try to request better working conditions and pay for these contract workers in a space that seems to be so secretive. And if you speak out, you might get reprimanded.
3: So there's one worker who is at Google and he was in this weird bind where he was told not to work too much. And they said, oh, you know, uh, we don't have the budget to pay you overtime, so don't work too hard. But then when he didn't work that much, he was told he wasn't being productive enough. And he had this whole anxiety in his head of like, hey, if I don't really prove myself, I'm not going to get on their contract and I'm going to lose this job. I found myself kind of working secretly after hours, you know, trying to avoid my manager.
0: I mean, I feel like we just saw a couple of tech activists get in trouble for speaking out.
3: Right. I mean, you're seeing tech employees at Google who saying they're 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 facing retribution for for organizing against the company. Every contractor I spoke with for this series was saying, "I hope to get a job someday. I'm trying to work really, really hard because I really want that employee status." Like they're super nervous to say anything or do anything that might make them lose this contract.
0: What do these tech companies say about contract workers when you've asked them?
3: The tech companies have said they only go to contractors when they need to scale up part of their business really quickly or when they need to backfill when someone's uh, on leave. A couple of the tech companies talked about how they've been setting these minimums for the staffing agencies. So it's like, OK, listen, staffing agency, you got to pay them at least X amount of dollars an hour and you have to give them a, a decent benefit package. Recently, Google said by 2022, all the staffing agencies we work with must pay their workers at least $15 an hour give some parental leave, and provide some form of health insurance.
0: Contractors seem to be an important part of a lot of different types of businesses, not just tech. Call centers contract out, for example. I mean, journalists use freelancers. But in Silicon Valley, I would imagine because there's so much money there, the fact that there's such a disparity and hierarchy and this disconnect between the contractors and the salary workers seems to be highlighted extra.
3: Absolutely, I think we're seeing a lot of contractors speak out because they're saying, hey, there's all this money around, but actually this is very hierarchical and we're not taking in a fair share of the profits.
0: Sam Harnett covers tech culture for KQED. We often look to the tech industry to make our lives better. And sometimes, if we're lucky, fix problems in society. One huge problem, especially in the Bay Area, is income inequality. So Silicon Valley, can tech fix that? I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it for The Bay. Talk to you on Friday.
1: Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of The California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world.
3: I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California.